Bonjour, c'est Elfie Le Bouleux et vous écoutez le Marvel Card Collector Podcast. Hello everybody, my name is Stillian Taylor and you are listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, your weekly digest of hobby goodness. That's actually quite a mouthful. It's nice, brought to though. you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this very podcast, so come check us out. With me, as always, is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. I'm Atari. Play me. Now you're playing with power, superpower, and many, many more. He reaches into his drawers and pulls out his joystick for a quick waggle because he's game. It's Norin Rad. Wow. That is some that might be too too far. You <laughs> might you might have just crossed the line of sexy goodness. I actually think I might have crossed into some sort of weird alternative dimension where I was watching myself from up there say those very words. Um, and the reason <sighs> I went there with that intro is because just before we started recording, I held up my, my glass with my pinky finger raised as I do and had a little sip of gin and lemonade. Ian is ready. And ready you, to record this podcast. You said something in a voice that sounded like Abe from Abe oh, Odyssey. Now you're oh, not going to be oh. able to do it again now, are you? I know. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it in the middle of the episode if I remember. And the, oh god, and the but now I'm nervous. And the, I had the impression. Yeah. Did you sell all of your games from that collection? I know you've been trying to sell that. Uh, stuff. Yeah. Yes. No. There, there was a um, a local dealer. Dealer. Oi. Got any games? Um, who? Um, finally, um, <laughs> found because he, he had he's loads of people have been selling up recently in that hobby. Um, I think there's a lockdown of things. There's lots of people who, yeah, well, yeah, lots of people um, lost their jobs and shizzled. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, he um, he finally came along and got them, and I I got I got maybe five hundred less than I wanted to for the lot, but he took them all away, and physically there were boxes and boxes of them. And That's like, important, you know man. Uh, they're just gone. They're just gone. So, you know, it's, it's at that point, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's four figures. I still got four figures from them. You know, I've got 1500 pounds or something. That's like nice, that. man. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Like really worry about 500 bucks at that point? Cause then yeah. you'd have to ship them yeah. all and then all that. Oh, exactly. That's why I did it. So, you know, um, so yeah. I, um, yeah. And that's gone on to, straight onto my credit card. Cause I'm a good boy. Smart man. That's the way you do it, man. I am a good boy. I'm a very good boy. You're a good boy. I'm a good boy, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sling blade. Oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. I wondered what I was doing. You know what? Right, that 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 Bill Paxton, for some bizarre oh, reason. Beautiful. For some bizarre reason. No, you just reminded me of this. Um, I've been spending all day getting really into aliens. And you know why? It's because my brother has got Disney Plus, and he shared a login with us. So I logged into it. In uh, browser. So while I was working this morning, on the screen over here, I had aliens playing. And I got half as much work done as I should have done, but I loved it. <laughs> it was brilliant. We ain't going to make it, man. What are we doing, man? We got to get out of here. We Game over, man. Game over. Um, and it, it kind of, over, man. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded me why I went so mad on aliens autographs recently. Because I just love that. I love it. And then I went into a deep dive on IMDb reading about all the actors who are in the company and where they are now. 
and three of them have died. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, one of them, like, yeah, yeah Sergeant passed Apo away died, yeah. um, in 2018, but he was getting on a bit. Um, but two of them, the guy who played Crow, died in the early 90s. Right in a stunt that went wrong. Mm. His parachute didn't open because he was also a stunt guy. And then the guy oh. played Crow, who's an English guy from Essex. Um, he died a couple of years ago now. Um, I just think he like natural causes or whatever. Um, so it's, it's bizarre, you know. But anyway, I just kind of went wow. down this rabbit hole. And then I went and listened to a podcast interview with Bill Paxton's son, who is 27 and also an actor. Well, so yeah, I've I've properly been going for it today. Anyway, that's by the by. Um, Norin, did you know we have had another review on iTunes? Ooh, it's. Um, let me just find it. I should have found it because I can only have one thing open at the same time. Otherwise, I. I think you I shared it with me. me. I think it was I really nice. It but for the life of me, can I find it? Can I find it? Can I? No, we'll never know. No. One thing I can tell you, however. <clears throat> There's a wonderful little um, uh, thing um, that I've subscribed to that sends me a daily email to tell me where we are in different um, hobby charts, <laughs> in different podcast oh. charts. And it's quite funky because it kind of gives you the overall position in your category. So it only does categories. Um, so in the hobbies category. And I think it just looks at Apple Podcasts, so iTunes. And then it gives you a breakdown if you're charting on specific episodes. And because I get it daily, I like to watch it. So, and here's something you might never have known. So overall hobby podcast, yeah? So this is just a yeah. hobby's podcast, not specific episode. Okay. We are, we are 36th in Guatemala. We're 35th in Guatemala? Really? 36th, yeah. 36th. That's up four on yesterday. At one point, we were the number one hobby podcast in Guatemala. I've no idea. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Where that's actually really is. cool. But that is actually that's, pretty that's, cool. That's pretty cool. So you know, when we come we were to number our one for how long? But I've got no idea because I haven't subscribed to it. So it only sends me little snippets. But um, mm. I know I'm not paying money for this. Um, well, obviously, but at one point we were the number one hobby podcast in Guatemala. So can we put that on one of our t-shirts, please? I'm actually going to write that down. <laughs> no joke. I was number one in Guatemala. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, there's a Guatemala Pepsi cards. Very there's like a. So there's, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're actually I mean, there's no were context to how many people are listening to. Anyway. No, obviously, but like, um, I'm going to use it for my ego. Yeah. But our most anyway, recent episode is currently, at, not enjoy that. <laughs> our most recent episode is currently at 142 on the Apple podcasts, hobbies, uh, charts in Canada, for example. Um, <laughs> it's most wow, bizarre. that's still pretty good for 142. Yeah. How it, many podcasts? I mean, there. I have no idea. A lot. There, there are actually an awful lot in in the United States. So this is just for the United States. We're currently 144th in hobby podcasts. Now, given how many there are in the US, that's actually not too bad. We've gone up 67 since yesterday. What? 67. That's how many hobby podcasts there are. So. So yeah, it's wow. just absolutely crazy. Absolutely, we're crazy. amazing. We, <laughs> well, dear. Um, <laughs> but the wonderful thing about this app is it also tells us when someone's left us a review 
on 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 one of the channels and of course we did just get a review on itunes which i'm scrolling through because i get these every day and of course can i find the email now can you know I? what i think i'm going to write that in my instagram intro that Seriously. we were the number one podcast Seriously. in guatemala Seriously, i read it <laughs> i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna have to find it it's brilliant but every now and again some of our podcasts from uh, before episode 100 just randomly pop up into the charts and it's like, and it's Here. bizarrely, one of them that keeps reappearing is Mr. Whippy's 99th episode, Spectacular. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it's a good episode. The- I'm not saying it's our greatest work, but it's a good episode. Um, but I tell you, the ones that do come up a lot yes. are the Q&A did. You really? Are, we I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. They're, they're some of our highest rated ones. So tonight, folks, we're going to do some of that again, but we'll come on to that in a moment. Um, That's exciting. Uh, I say tonight. Anyway, I found the review. It's a five-star review. How many, Norrin? Five star. Five stars. Five golden stars from Dave wow. C. Marley. Dave Marley, you are a scholar and a gent. Uh, via Apple That's Podcast. money well spent. Mm. Just In kidding, the United Dave. States of America. <laughs> uh, fun commentary and insight into classic and modern Marvel sets. Unquestionably, the go-to podcast for Marvel cards. Hosts Ian and Norrin touch on all aspects of the Marvel trading card community and experience, from previews and reviews of newly released sets, retrospective commentary on older sets, and trends, commentary on the various phases of Marvel cards. Isn't that brilliant? That's so nice. Isn't he a nice man? That um, is a nice man. Oh, hang on. Took the, time. the review went on. Oh, my goodness. I only saw a snippet. <laughs> the, review go- oh. the review goes on, actually, quite a, quite a long way. So we'll carry on. Um, <clears throat> commentary on the various phases of Marvel cards, e.g. the 90s boom or the Rittenhouse era, and interviews with artists, industry insiders, and collectors. Start listening for the interviews with the people who created your favorite sets. Hear Dave Belumbo talk through his Marvel Masterpieces 2020 process, for example. And you'll no doubt end up appreciating all of the contents the guys produce as with many good podcasts the more familiar familiarity you have with the hosts oh baby um and the rhythm of the show the more you'll enjoy it thanks for the great work guys <laughs> i'll do that again i don't want to do it too often oh, i am married i was i was sorry great. i was braced for it people get a little too excited oh. sorry about that <laughs> gotta um, be careful Thank I dress like a bum not to uh, have my animal magnetism be too strong on people. Uh, Dave, that was really nice was and lovely. so well worded and written. I that know. was really awesome, actually. Thank you for I taking really, the time. Really to appreciate do that. It. Seriously, uh, thank you. So our plea two episodes ago for 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 um, people who dig us to review us generated one gorgeous review. So thank you for that, Dave. Um, I love that. Really appreciate that. Um, what it's else was I going to say? And there was something else. <laughs> um, so, you know, last episode, Angelo de Capua? Yes. I think I got wow, you right. nailed it. I think Damn. I got name right. Oh, he's, he's a lovely man. He got so oh. excited about us um, talking about him and sharing his stuff on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I just oh. got an absolute torrent of love from him and his girlfriend, whose oh. lovely hands were in that video. Oh, you remember we were I speculating knew it. I on knew it. it was his hands. Um, I thought it was a woman's hands. I was like, no yeah. way. And then and I felt bad because if it was his, I mean, there's no shame yeah. in having beautiful, dainty hands. And I she do. has she has joined the group. No, the group. Yeah, <laughs> her name is Larissa. That's um, awesome. And she has joined the group. Um, Welcome, so, Larissa. So yeah, but no, we had a lovely um, uh, message from Angelo. 
Um, he sent me some pictures and more of his cards. Um, and he's he's obviously sent it as he's been listening to it. He's going, um, I love so much the podcast, episode 106. Thanks for analysing my artwork. I loved the review. <laughs> and all the podcast was just great. Brilliant work. Oh. Uh, oh yeah just for curiosity those are not my hands on the video <laughs> it's my girlfriend she has beautiful hands <laughs> i love it oh that's so fella. sweet so yeah no oh. really nice guy and then his um his uh me what's this every now and again we get we get random messages um to our instagram i'm sure these all the time hello i want to say on my marvel card Okay, moving on. Um, I get those too. I love oh, it. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And the, the most, and that, and that person's. Name. I asked for pictures because you never know. <laughs> no, if, last time I asked for pictures, I had police come around my house. Anyway, um, I yeah, was also. You have to be careful. I do have to be careful. I'm a very respectable 48. And that's the last time I said you anything. I'm 48 now, Norrin. I'm getting old. Let me have a slip. You're not 48. You're 48 for real? I was 48 last week. not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, bits haven't quite started falling off me yet, but some of them are working their way loose. Um, so. <laughs> God, I just got so scared. I just got so scared, didn't you? So. I was like, oh, God. I. It was really hanging off. What were you saying? Let's move on to talk about Alex Magno. Why do I want to talk about Alex Magno? Because today is Monday as we record, and today is hashtag Magno Monday. Can we just talk about Jake Glassbrenner and his brother David and their wonderful Magno Monday? I'm so mad hashtag. at them. It's so, so good. I'm so mad at them. They have such a good collection. They have amazing God, collections. So he does, Jake he does David, great work, man. Jake and David. Well, Jake and David, first of all, please come on the podcast, both of you. <laughs> I love those guys so much. You have no idea. Um, They they are some of my favorite people in the hobby. They are really, really nice collectors. Uh, They are my Star Wars mentors. They should be my Marvel mentors because they're just as deep in Marvel, but Mm -hmm. they, they are super special to me. Good people. They are nice. They are good. They are good people. Good people. Um, they really are. And they've started doing this thing in appreciation of Alex Magno, where for about the last three months, every Monday, they post an Alex Magno sketch. Um, hashtag Magno Monday. Um, and today's is from Marvel, Monday. Marvel Heroes and Villains. So it's from 2010. This sketch is almost a teenager. Um, and it's of Electra. Have you, could you, no, mm. the background's on, you can't see it, can you? No. You can look at it. On the no. It's just, come, it's just been posted four minutes ago. Um, oh. And it's brilliant. That's Alex right. Magno. I'm trying to I, find it now. We need Alex Magno on this podcast. He's awesome. He's so underrated. Mm. He's so underrated. Yeah, I've got a couple of cats. By uh, it's so good. Have you see, are you seeing it now? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh. God, that looks good. It looks good. So it? mad at him. I need, I need, I've had multiple chances to get surfers from him. And there's one I found on Google Images that I'm just waiting to pop because I really? just love it so much. But yeah, oh. I just, I have, I got the mystique I've showed you. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. But uh, I got that from Kevin, Kevin Letty. Is that Kevin one or Kevin two? Uh, that's Kevin, Kevin two. Kevin two. Yeah. I got one from Kevin two. <laughs> just so kind. Um, but yeah. Kevin too. Just, I mean, he's great. I really think, you know what I like about Magno so much is that he's just such a good storyteller mm. that every sketch he does has 
a really interesting story to it. It's a great reference to something or if it's completely unique in his own mind. And it's just such a good visual storyteller. Yeah. I like his line work. It's so tight. So good. Yeah. It's really good, man. I mean, he does, I mean, he gets, he gets the emotion completely out of whatever he, you know what I mean? Like it's just there. Yeah. Good piece. No, we like it. We like it. Um, And before uh, you would think he'd introduce this podcast, but he didn't, of course. Um, Elfie Lebelur, we couldn't resist um, another another use of your uh, marvelous Francais introduction. Francais. Um, So nice. uh, It's beautiful. Um, And I love Elfie's work. Elfie's brilliant. Um, Elfie's been doing some amazing YouTube content. And my goodness, she's been at it for probably over a year now, but she does so much. I mean, her, her feed has got so many videos on it now. I'm just trying to find Damn. it so I can pimp it. Um, but I've just realized I can't actually spell her surname uh, without. <laughs> it's not It's not recognizing it. Let, let's type that in. No, no, I've got it wrong. Elfie, I should have prepared this. Quite frankly, I didn't, as you can <laughs> tell. Um, let me type in Elfie's sketch card, and that will definitely find it. Yes, there we go. So she's on... Yeah, here we go. Elfie Leb on YouTube. Um, and it's, it's just really cool. Go and check her out. Um, and she does really fun videos. Um, and Elfie, we love you. Elfie. We love you. So thank you, Elfie, for doing those intros for us. Um, now, we did a poll. And I'm not talking about someone from Poland. Oh, I I'm, thought you meant that time we went to a strip club and I got no. Sorry, what were you saying? No, no, no. I've still got I've still got skin grafts on my legs healing. From uh, yeah, that. by uh, the way, that was hardcore, man. You are so good. Well, you know, it's years of practice, isn't it? Um yeah. at that time I went to Euro Disney and podium danced. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. times. Yeah, good times. Um, so we did a poll um because we asked, uh, I can't remember all the episodes merging into one now, dear. It happens when you get to my age. Oh, um, God. The, uh, oh, God, there it goes again. Um, no, no, I meant, oh, God, like I'm already forgetting things at 35, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, already, I'm already forgetting stuff. It's going to be bad. 35, <sighs> you're a whippersnapper. Um, we asked a question um, about whether, you know, if we um, kind of started – you know, doing doing more stuff in the way of merch and maybe some extra content or gated content or stuff like that. Yeah. People up for it. Um, and someone, uh, one of our listeners, Dustin Wilder, bless him, who's been jonesing for some uh, podcast merchandise, um, but he's so yet nice. to trade or buy anything off me, which is why he hasn't got any because I've not been selling it. So anyway, there's two aspects to this. First of all, uh, Dustin, um, DM me your address and I'll send you some. Um uh, for free, uh, for being our um, unofficial spokesperson. He put a post on group um, asking about it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a poll. So my poll was, first question, and there's going to be follow-up polls. My first question, if <laughs> if Norin and Ian created merchandise with the podcast and or group branding, would you buy it? Simply yes or no for now. We'll ask follow-up questions on what merchandise. If the results skew, yes. Have you looked at the result? Yes, it's a lot. I'm trying to find it now, and I can't seem to find it. It's 52 cool. votes yes and one no. 
like, yeah, they're fine. So that's, you know, obviously that's only if the people who engage with it and, and saw it because Facebook algorithms and that. I died um, at the no. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, well, no, I'm not going <laughs> to listen. It's not for it's not for everyone. So I get it. You know, it's fine. Uh, one person commented, depends on what it looked like, which is perfectly valid. That um, was funny. Uh, the one on Instagram, <laughs> I did an Instagram story. I had a whale of a time doing that Instagram story. I had t-shirts and hoodies dancing. Um, what? The um, Instagram one was 87% yes. Um, and Ooh. the Twitter one oh, only had two that. votes. <laughs> it was a hundred percent yes. <laughs> so That's Twitter, great. Twitter Schmitter. We're ne- we're never, we've never had that much um, traction. Twitter Schmitter. Twitter Schmitter. Um, so we will be posting a follow-up um, questionnaire about that because. The next thing is, what do we do? Now, I've always wanted a T-shirt and I've always wanted a sweatshirt. Um, I don't have either, so I'm sat here naked from the waist up. But um, So I haven't bought you a T-shirt? No, no, no. No, thank you. Um, Pin badges, but where would I put them without a T-shirt? On your nips, man. Exactly. What is up? Thank Are you, you not much. even trying? Uh, what is badges? this? Um, we, did, we have done some test runs of stuff. We did some uh, acrylic kind of badges but they just don't work they look really i did a sweater don't look good. for sketch card high yes, as a test for the podcast because i actually did i tell you i tried t-shirts and it didn't work out okay. uh they came out really fuzzy so yeah. i got my money back but they they were very nice and refunded me immediately so i, mm, I thank you so okay. much um but the sweater actually is very nice and the logo i haven't washed it yet the the yeah. material is really nice <laughs> How long have you been doing content? I've put it on for 30 minutes. It's been worn on my body for less than four hours. Uh, How dare you, sir? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ew, really. Ew, really, really. Did you drive to a show and have a cheek? You currently don't have a teeth. That was just for camera because I'm conceited. Okay. It was hot, man. I just put it on just to put it on. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to say was that the logo hasn't um, hasn't chipped away. You know how some shirts oh, with the logo, yeah, you know yeah. how like flakes yeah, yeah, off yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it hasn't happened yet. Um, but the sweaters can be expensive. Yeah. So that, I, that was, I think that was expensive. Yeah. So it's I, a tough to like, it's a tough yeah. thing to try out. I think the best way we're going to have to do it is basically get like everyone's orders in you know what I mean? Get the money and then make the order because otherwise. Yeah. Well, there's two ways you can go about it. You can either get a company to do all the fulfillment. So they, they kind of make them to order uh, something like yeah, but don't you... or something like that. Um, or you can um, make them yourself and have to do all the postage yourself. So it kind of goes You're back right. to the whole video game thing as to whether you want to actually right. do all that. You could do the merch table. Um, it Let's doesn't do have to be merch table. table. Well, there are other providers out there that I think are just as good. Um, I need to speak to – We need. I tell you we need to get on Rodney Roberts, art nerd, who's one of the guys that does um, uh, Meanwhile at the podcast. Oh, and yeah. I can't believe we, we've not crossed over. I mean, I've gone on there, but I think you couldn't make it. We need to have a crossover with those guys. Because they're really I'm cool. down, always. Yeah, no, they're, they're lovely. Fur- anyway, Rodney does stuff, and he had another um, provider, and he he was kind of rating it quite highly. So let me let me check with him. Huh. Anyway, it occurred to me that being, you know, 72% of our audience are American, um, you guys are mad for bumper stickers. Not really. Gotta do- Aren't you? I thought bumper stickers were a thing, or is that only in certain states? <laughs> 
Am, I might be the I might be the outcast. I might be the the <laughs> black sheep of America. I thought bumper stickers were a good thing in America. I Maybe mean, not. there's tons of things around here, but they're so annoying. Like, I just feel like, like, oh God, dude, I have to see your car. Do I have to know everything you believe in too? It's like, so like, ugh, God. Yeah, I know you're vegan, whatever. I don't care. I don't have to stare at it when I'm in traffic. I don't know. I'm from Miami though. Staring at bumpers is annoying already. Fair enough. Um, What's, um, do you know, um, you've heard of Linda McCartney, haven't you? Of course. Sure. What? No. Who's that? Paul McCartney's ex, well, I say ex-wife. She, she died now. That's why she's ex. Okay. No. What about her? No. Uh, well, it, I was going to tell you. I can't really, say anything really, bad. Really, no, I was going to tell you a really <laughs> she poor passed taste. away. Yeah. And that's why it's a really poor taste Oh, joke. God, Ian. <laughs> so I was going to say, if there was a really famous <sighs> vegan or vegetarian person in America who'd passed away, um, I could ask you who that was, and then we could edit this bit out, and then it, the joke would work. I'm going to say it anyway, because I've, I've started selfing. Are you serious? I'm going to go really going to say a dark... No, come on. She <laughs> passed away. Yeah, like 20 years ago. Okay, you've already started with the joystick. Now we're going to go down this road. <laughs> oh, dear. Is there no end to your madness? Uh, no, there isn't, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, it's blood. a bottomless well. Oh, it's a bottomless something. Um <laughs> Bottomless gin and lemonade, I think. Um, Mimosas. So, um, so bumper stickers. Yeah, no acrylic. Uh, the, the acrylic just chipped. I got them to redo them, and as a test, uh, even, the, even the nice smooth ones doesn't really work because they put the logo uh, under the acrylic. So you've still got a layer of clear stuff. So when you look at it from the side, it looks like those prescription glasses that are so thick you could see. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, no, I'm not going to have that. But the pin badges work really well. The coasters worked really well. I like coasters. Uh, coasters I'm still using mine. Uh, I like and uh, what else? Um, I did some stickers as well, like big ass stickers. Um, stickers are nice. So, so stickers are good. Like Grady Gamer does great stickers. Mm. I love those stickers. Well, she puts onto Sticker Mule, who we who we've done our test yeah. ones from. But um, if you if you, um, uh, I, I take take her advice and I just buy some whenever they're doing a deal. Yeah, smart. You buy them, you buy them normal price. You'd be like. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I just did them as testers, really, just to just to check it out and have mm-hmm. some have some stuff. So who knows? Who knows what we'll do? But I will put a poll up next in the next. Few I think days. that's what the yeah. I agree. I think to like polls should be t-shirts, sweaters, like? whatever yeah. they want. What kind of? Because I think like? it's going to be it's going to be between t-shirts and sweaters. I think that's what everybody would want. No, someone's going to want a bandana, kind of eighties, um, early nineties Rambo style. That's right. That will be me. So perfect. Yeah, someone's going to want one of those. Um, can I'm going to wear say, it around my neck, though. Speaking of 80s things, my wife and I have, have been re-watching um, a few movies from the 80s of recent. We do, we do a movie every Saturday night. Um, and about six weeks ago, we watched St. Elmo's Fire. And then oh, last yeah. Saturday, we watched The Lost Boys. Okay. Uh. Now, first of all, St. Elmo's Fire totally doesn't hold up. And The Lost Boys barely does. Barely does. Barely. Um, barely. Um, barely. In both of them, in one particular scene and in one movie, it was Rob Lowe doing this. In the other movie, it was some unknown fellow and he wasn't on screen that, that much. Um, there's someone who is almost completely naked, top half, really buff, usually oiled up, playing the saxophone in some naff kind of band. 
that's playing to people getting really excited. And it seems to be a real trope of 80s movies of a certain period where Mm. people were wildly partying and the lead singer was a wildly popular saxophonist who also sang and was semi-naked and usually a bit buff. Is that also in Risky Business, which is a horrible movie? But oh, I feel like in Risky Business, possibly. doesn't he also wear is half naked with know. a saxophone? I don't know. But anyway, you're right. Both, that is both a times thing. They had something around their heads, like holding this their mullets. You know what? You know, I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's a thing. Isn't it? Yeah, that's weird. Bizarre. Anyway, yeah. so we're kind of we might take a break. The one movie we did watch from the '80s that totally holds up, um, and if anyone says otherwise, fights me. It's Crocodile Dundee. Oh hell yeah! Oh, I f-ing love that film. Love that. That's not a knife. He pulls out the, the best. The best. I loved Crocodile Dundee. Still do. Amazing. Actually, funny story time. So um, Emily gets very nervous when I suggest movies to her. Not because they're not good, but because I am more of a person who remembers the nostalgic feeling of a movie I once watched rather than a good movie. Okay. So I suggest, hey, why don't we? we watch crocodile dundee she she looked at me and she got so freaked out that she was gonna have to sit through crocodile dundee that and i asked her i said how about we watch that she said oh i've seen it i was like oh really she was yeah of course i've seen it she hadn't seen it but i said yeah oh really you have yeah sure i was like tell me one line from the movie and she's like i think we're gonna need a bigger knife and she mixed up jaws and crocodile dundee because I had made her so nervous about watching this movie that she ran to anything she could remember to shut me up. And I felt so guilty, but I died. It's so now we're always joking about it constantly. The, the, oh, like we're always saying, no, it's that's great. It, it was a great moment. No, she tripped. She, we didn't watch it. She, no, oh. she's, she's very much the role maker. Can I, so. can I just say guilty pleasure time? Please. You know, there, there are some obvious sequels that people do really rate above the originals like aliens versus alien empire strikes back versus star wars godfather 2 versus godfather 1 although godfather Very true. 3 I, I absolutely love um all good sequels crocodile dundee 2 is actually a really good film <laughs> i've seen it it's when he's in yeah. the city i love it yeah 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 um, i agree i've not watched crocodile dundee 3 yet and there's a fourth Kind of Crocodile Dundee, almost semi-autobiographical one that he was. Beverly Hills Cop. That's one you should watch from the 80s. That was good. Eddie Murphy. No, 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 we will do. Um, We've got, um, obviously, Ferris. Ferris Bueller. I mean, you can't top that. Um, What else are we going to... Well, Ghostbusters is timeless. Um, Killer. I saw the trailer for the new one that you'd seen. (gasps) Isn't it good? Afterlife. Good. It's It's so good. where, Where Ackroyd picks up the phone. Yeah. Yeah, at the occult books, I died. I was like freaking out. So oh, cool. Loved it. So so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, mm. so eighties movies that that don't hold up. Um, Elmer's Fire and Lost Boys. Sorry, folks. There's some really good ones. I'm gonna have to get my oh the thing. Kurt Russell. Oh, the thing. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Absolutely. that eighties? That has to oh, be yeah, 80s. 82. 82. Yeah. Um, and aliens. Of the, fly. Uh, the fly. The fly. Help me. Oh no, that help me's from the original. That's the first one, baby. Yeah, when I saw that, my wife and I were like freaking out. I know. We were like this that was thing. scary. Yeah. Black yeah. and white, but it like, help me, help me. That's um, horrifying. That was good. Can I just say sequels that that nobody likes that I do, uh, while we're still talking about that, staying alive, the Saturday Night Fever sequel. I love it. 
I've never seen it. <gasps> it's, <gasps> it's it's got it's awful, but it's brilliant. Okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. Definitely, huh. definitely see it. Uh, never see um, Donnie Darko 2, by the way. S Darko, don't do that. I didn't even know that was this thing. Holy yeah. crap, that's scary. The first yeah. one's great. Yeah, the first one's ama- amazing. Amazing. Good piece. Right. We should, yeah, we could talk about Get it. back to our questions. But we're not going to. So anyway, mer- oh, merch. Yeah. Um, we, will, we will merch. work to make it happen. So the other day, um, so we, um, we, we put this up and then we postponed the recording. So we were going to do these questions um, on the next episode of the Marvel Car Collectors podcast. Uh, you can find us on all good uh, podcast outlets and on social media at the MCC pod. So throw us a like and a follow and thank you for enjoying this hobby with us every week. Um, there's the advert. <clears throat> I love it. Knowing. Yes. What do vegetarian worms eat? I give up. What do vegetarian worms eat? Linda McCartney. Told you I'd slip that one in. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh dear. Right. Questions. So, and we had some really, really good questions. First question was, who's the special guest? And you'll find that out. So, oh my goodness. There are, I'm going to get, uh, should I share screen? We did talk about this. Please. So I was going to share screen because I was trying to find uh, it online. But no, I, I, I appreciate the share. That's okay. Let me just multiple participants can share simultaneously. Ooh, give me a shudder. Right. Can you see my. No, you can't because I haven't shared it yet. No, yet. Helps if I press the button, baby. Helps the if button. button. Don't know if that text is big enough on your screen. I can see it. Gorgeous. Right. We're going to start with Matt Malachak. Hopefully that's how you pronounce your name. Um, I've traded with Matt. Matt's a good guy. He's an awesome fella. Right, Mm. so he he asked this in – we posted it in both groups. um, So this was in MMC. Not sure if this is the type of cue you were looking for, but was wondering how artists, collectors, and developers feel about Disney involvement in Marvel Card Universe. Sure, there were both pros and cons of once and wanted to hear some takes on it. I myself have been conflicted on some days I hate and other days I say, well, so and so wouldn't be possible without them. Hmm. Interesting. Well, We've heard a lot of different yeah. takes from um, artists, collectors and developers. Hmm. I mean, my opinion is I'm very happy they're involved. Um and the reason for that is because I think for me as a collector, it it excites me to see that something I'm into will be protected pretty much always. Um, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of like it's kind of like uh like for instance, I'm really into Konami's Silent Hill. Yes. And um that had a huge falling out. Um to the point where the person they had for it pulled out on doing the, uh, a, a proper Silent Hill, which hadn't been around for a while. And there were like problems with the developers and problems with the PlayStation company and Konami. And it was, a, it was just a nightmare. And um, it, it ruined a whole game. Like I ran out to buy a PS4 for this game back in the day. I know I like ran because the game was coming out. It was PT was the trailer, but it was really Silent Hill. And um that's how much of a fan I am. And 
it was completely destroyed and the project never came out oh. and there's hardly any merch and it's it's really difficult to find anything fun from that mm. and um you know that just won't happen with disney you know what i mean they won't let certain marvel characters get too saturated they'll protect their ip same thing with star wars because that's also disney so from from my standpoint that's i really i really am grateful for their involvement so yeah. i'm a big believer in that yeah i mean it, it does mean that you know it it's not going anywhere you know marvel cards will that's what i like continue about it, to be yeah. produced as long as it makes the money and if it doesn't make the money then they'll change the way they put out content in that format or just yeah. vaults it up, you know what I mean? And they'll just yeah. go quiet for a little well, bit, but like, it won't go like away. Bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think obviously there's the, the main frustration we, we, we tend to hear on this regard is, is, is twofold. I think, first of all, there's obviously the uh, whole approvals aspect. Yeah. Um, and I know that you know, Disney, Disney own Marvel, but make no mistake. It's still the people that work at Marvel. Who, who are the people that are the conduit for, you know, approving um, work that goes into sets. Um, but obviously that has been massively impacted by brand guidelines that come down from their parent company. Um, so I think that has been having an impact for a number of years now. Um, I don't think the, the, the whole band character thing, I think that was happening before Disney were in the frame anyway. Uh, no, that was way before. So, that was just because they had Marvel. Marvel was really had problems, guys. Like, I don't know if everybody knows this, but I mean, you remember, right? Marvel had to sell off characters like mm. it was it was rough for them to stay afloat for a little while. Um, and um, it wasn't until they made themselves very much like a staple in pulp culture with Iron Man and mm. stuff like that when you know th th things changed for them pretty significantly but you know some of their biggest characters were sold to fox yeah and they tried coming out with movies before that were just not great and um they were just you know they just didn't have the cash flow behind them so well yeah. there's that as well but i think a lot of one of the things that that people might not be aware of which is why we had free spider-man reboots over the last um yeah 50, yeah uh, 20 years is that if Fox didn't have a property in development or in production in a certain time frame, um, and it wasn't that massively long. I think it was maybe three years. Some kind of crazy rotation. Then the rights reverted back to Marvel. Yep. Which is why Spider-Man got rebooted so quickly after Tobey Maguire um, and Sam Raimi finished their run. Um, and, you know, that's an, another reason why the whole, um, I mean, Spider-Man's a slightly funny one in that it's Sony, it's not Fox. Um, but that, you know, X-Men, for example, that's why the X-Men keeps getting, you know, rebooted. Over and over again. And, and, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking, but, oh, hang on a minute, well, Disney owned 20th Century Fox now because I was able to watch the aforementioned Aliens on Disney Plus this morning. Yeah. Um, but that, that might be the case that they own them, but that doesn't mean that all of the legal contracts about who owns what and who has because that stuff takes yeah. you know they have to let those contracts run their course yeah um so um this is why that um you know effectively disney now own the rights back to fantastic four and surfer in movies the same with x-men but they they haven't suddenly started putting out well they suddenly haven't mm -hmm. started reappearing into cards for example no, no. On that, that stuff takes time. You that's see them in Fungo Pops. Yeah. yeah. And that's things are happening. They need to wait for the different licensing contracts that are already in place to run their course. Yeah. Um, so, 
So it's, you know, and I only kind of know it at the surface level, you know, licensing and brand IP law is, is furiously complicated. Um, it really is. Um, and although the Netflix properties, you know, finished, if you like, on Netflix, you know, there's a reason why we haven't seen any more Daredevil or Punisher yet. It's because they had to let that rights course, yeah. you know, run its course. Um which I believe the first one of them has now lapsed back to Marvel Studios. I can't remember mm-hmm. which one it was. It might be Daredevil, which is why there's all these rumors of Daredevil possibly appearing in the next far from home. movie. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not far from home. It's uh, no, no it's, way um, home. No way home. That's it. Yeah. Um, they like the word home in the Spider-Man movies, don't they? I mean, it's the thing that's been going through the first two pieces, yeah. which is pretty great, actually, because it works out for like multiverse stuff, right? I guess so. Far from home. That's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing. And then, uh, um, actually, no, that is the other point I was, I was meaning to make was the whole band character thing and how that plays into it. But um, I know people often think that that is slightly related to disney i've seen some people interpret it that way um, and i don't think it is i mean ultimately we don't have all the answers we're just speculating from a yeah of course uh, from, a, from a point of view of having to um and again i think we should say at this point anything on these uh, uh you know ask us episodes is always our just our opinion you know um and norin opinions are like ourselves everybody's got one wait what do you have i'm sorry Excuse me. Nothing. Oh. Forget it. No. A sphincter says what? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's a juicy. Oh my! One of them is so, so juicy and long. We might save it. But I'm going to flip to the other group now. PJ oh Ryan. PJ Ryan. Here I have go. a question. Why can't Upper Deck provide more advanced notice of releases like the MCU does with movies? <sighs> so I'm going to start. This Pretty one. much. I'm going to start this one because. Go start it up. Well, they're completely different things. They're completely different things. It's not even comparing True. apples with, with pears. It's comparing apples with unicorns. Um, the movies are obviously are such, delicious. Uh, they are absolutely delicious, especially marinated in a nice brandy sauce. With a oh, come orange, on. Orange peel. That's yes, disgusting. Oh. You have no feelings. No, they have no. souls, people. Not no, really. No, look, not, I've already told a really poor taste in the McCartney joke this evening, so clearly not. You're already there. Yeah. <laughs> I've already opened that door to the bottom level over there. <laughs> or uh, that can of worms. Uh, that can of worms. I just opened it and ate them. So, um... MCU does a movie. So obviously those movies are their biggest source of income. None of the other stuff would happen without the movies. Um, So needless to say, they get all of the budget focus. They get all of the budget attention. um, And they're the prime driver for everything else. I mean, don't don't get, you know, let's, let's not mince our words here. The MCU movies are now what drives what happens in the comics and the decisions that are made there. It will be driving what happens with the merchandise and the licensing through T-shirts, through lunchboxes, through bumper stickers. <laughs> Let's go for all yeah. the things we were talking about. Through who has the rights in what country to trading cards. And believe it or not, trading cards isn't a big thing in that in that stack, you know, from the point of view of, you know, yeah. top down. You know, it will provide them some revenue. Hopefully nice one day. Thing. Hmm. Hopefully one day. But it's, you know, it's not, 
it's not big. You know, if they look at the things of, okay, what spin-off things can we do with the logo from the new Avengers movie on and with characters on it? And they'll have a, you know, if you looked at a, 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 a ranking chart of things that make them the most money and earn them the most things, you know, I imagine cards would probably, unfortunately, and hopefully this will change, be, be lower down on that pole. However, the good thing about the MCU sets, um, and this was—I remember when we, this was first talked about—and it was kind of, a, a, and of course, in our heart moment—is that for for the art-based sets, I'm going slightly off topic, but I will bring it back. For the art-based sets, that is quite—you know—that is growing in popularity, but it's still quite a difficult thing for people to kind of find a way into because you know there's a lot of history there, and you know and. You know, who there's a lot of people who um, come into it, don't know what they're doing, make a mistake when they're buying something, maybe get fleeced, maybe you know, like, and then walk away from it rather than stick it out. The yeah. MCU sets properly pull in people into the card hobby um, who maybe wouldn't yeah. have tried the card hobby. Um, much as that might be a ghastly thing to people who always comment, oh, you know, who would buy photos of a movie on, on cards? You know, what's that all about? Um, now, um, why why don't uh, Upper Deck provide more uh, advanced notice of releases? I think I'm going to speculate here um, based on conversations we've had with them on and off the record, but also mm. about just things I've seen them posting. Um I think the biggest challenge they've got at the moment, certainly over the last 18 months, is production. It's just the production and also the approvals. Because if you think about the, the point, the, the period that we're just coming out of, so many people at so many companies were either laid off or on furlough, and that includes the licensing departments at Marvel. So in the list of things they've got to approve for licensing, I imagine cards is quite low down. You know, so again, yeah. you know, it's it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I don't think that that cards, you know, if if you're in the licensing department at Marvel, and there's twenty of you, but fifteen of you have I've been laid off or furloughed, and there's only five left, you're going to attend to the bigger things first. So I think that delays things, um, and I think production. You know, when we spoke to Mike Phillips from Upper Deck, you know, he reiterated the challenges they've had with production um, when Upper Deck have been doing some focus groups with collectors um, in MCCW, and they have again said that you know production delays are their biggest challenges. I think. So. I think also, and I beautifully said. I think also the the thing we are always hearing is that. You know, Upper Deck doesn't want to get anybody's hopes up either. You know what I mean? I think it looks a lot worse saying a date and then continuously push back. And we've had that experience with the uh, Marvel Masterpieces 2016 set, Mm -hmm. right? Like we've, there've been experiences where sets were announced and then they were pushed back for whatever reason, for good reasons, most of the time, Um, you know, uh, quality control or, you know, artists needs more time and does great work, you know, yeah. things like that. I, it, you know, I, the, the releases I would love, love, and we have talked in upper deck about this, having an idea of what's coming, because I think a lot of us collectors are very conscious about, okay, this year I have a choice between premiere metal or blank, right? Which one do I want to like mm-hmm put all my eggs in, you know, which one am I going to hold my money for? Because it's hard when, you know, you say, I'm going to hold my money for this particular set. And then the sets push back a year. I think that's always really difficult, but hopefully that starts to change. Um, Hopefully that gets better, but do know that most of the times it's not anyone's particular fault. It's mostly because they're trying to like, 
and I'm not protecting anybody or being biased. I'm just saying that having a little bit of look on the inside and speaking to everyone here, it's usually they're trying to stop their stop it from being a bigger aggravation mm. than it already is. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Cause if you say a date and keep missing it, that's actually more detrimental than if you don't say a date and then you, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would think so. Um, yeah. So yeah. So hopefully PJ. Good question though. PJ, PJ, PJ. PJ. Um, are PJ's pajamas in America? Yes. Good. Just checking. Yeah. It's one of those cultural things that I might have just put my foot in again. Yeah. Uh, let's flip back to the other list. Ooh, this is one that you'll, uh, I was going to call you Martin then. I don't know why. Mm, call you Martin. Fine. Not a bad name to be called. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, you know, so I'm going to ask Dave Kerr's question. Am I too late? Ooh. <laughs> For what, <laughs> Dave? Um, what is the deal with character licensing? Icarus from the Eternals mm. has been rejected by Marvel in two sets so far. Masterpieces by Dave Palumbo and Unbound by Fred Ian. What is the issue with Upper Deck and this character? Um, so I, I wanted to raise that now because it kind of follows on from what we've just talked about. It, it won't be Upper Deck on that. It will be completely Marvel. Um, I imagine they'll have um, decided that they want to They're give controlling that a character. character. Yeah, they want that character some oxygen. They want to give that character some breathing yeah. room and oxygen so that the visual ident of the movie is the primary one for the bigger audience. Because don't forget, yep. you know currently what um, Icarus from the Eternals looks like um, as, as well as a lot of other people in the rather small kind of circles that we, we, we talk in. Jerry, who's 12 from yeah. Bumake, Minnesota, doesn't know who Icarus from Eternals looks like. But what Disney want is the first time that kid in Minnesota sees that character, they want it to be the definitive movie version of it, which leads to brand recognition, which builds to ancillary sales, so that when that character does come back into trading cards, it, it can be similar enough for there to be a crossover. A good correlation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and that's why it's simply brand control of a character's visual identity is what I would assume um, knowing (laughs) what I, what I, you know, the limited amount I do know from working with branded stuff from Disney in in my own work. Um, And that, I mean, I think it's a good sign. Mm. I think it's a good sign too. You know what I mean? Like if you do have a character, that is kind of being held back for something or, you know, like, you know, Blade and other characters who are kind of like, you know, in some way being very much protected. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks to have a character not come out. It sets, trust me, speaking to the choir, but like, you also have to know that that means they're taking that character seriously. It's not something they're just willing to throw out to the wolves. They're, they, they want that character to have, a unique identity for instance like let's look at like star lord right star lord is a very different character than once we once was star lord oh yes right it's it's an it's it's so incredibly different now and like ian said very much based on the mcu our total understanding of star lord now in the pop culture zeitgeist or whatever you call it is the character that was in the mcu 
Mm-hmm. Um, same for Groot, same for Rocket Raccoon and Drax. and Drax. And I think we'll see that for Surfer, Human Torch. I mean, Doom. I think, I mean, look at Kane, right? Kane is just starting to be identified as someone very unique and um, unique in, in the sense of how Marvel wants to people to understand who Kane is as a character and you know that those decisions are being made by Marvel not upper deck so it, it is it is it is very much a um mm. purposeful thing that's happening here yeah. not a thing that's arbitrary or yeah. you know trying to mess with us poor collectors who are just trying to keep things straight <laughs> you know but yeah yeah I it's mean, frustrating for sure but yeah. I, I would definitely I would see it as a as a as a, as a good thing yeah as i do i do that's what i I see it as a good thing personally yeah, yeah. um i mean let's i probably i don't think i'd ever read anything guardians of the galaxy before the films came out no one did that's very few people did and so yeah. now my visual when i see visuals of what those characters used to look like and not that long ago i'm like wow yeah they completely reinvented them and so I imagine this is exactly the same with, with Eternals. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I, and that's exactly what's going to happen with the internals. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the internals will be some of those characters. I think, uh, what is it? Dark Black Knight or Harrington oh. is playing. No, you're thinking of. Um, He's playing uh, the knight, right? The No, but it's not him. It's the other bloke from Game of Thrones. The one who got offed at the Red Wedding. What's his name? Oh, it's not Harry. It's not Kit. I thought Kit was Black Knight. Oh, hang on a minute. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, I do think you're going to see some characters being reinvented um, and and reshown and and reimagined. And I think those will happen for the Eternals. And the Eternals is a good place to start, actually. Um, Because, you know, especially with everything where the MCU is going with the timelines and variants, getting us introduced to characters that are the celestials, right? The big, the biggies, the the people that control particular natural things in the universe, like Galactus and everybody. <laughs> Have you seen what came up in my Google result? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that movie. So if you Google that's funny, Black the two thousand one Black Knight movie. You get the Martin Lawrence movie in two thousand and one, which is only rated four point nine eight. And they lost money on that. Oh boy, um, I'm absolutely. It's no Hollywood blockbuster, but it's not that bad of a comedy movie. That's oh my goodness funny. me! Let me add the word Marvel into this search then, and just see what happens. Yeah, there we go. Um, Oh, yeah, no, it is Kit House. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, there wow. it is. It's Black okay. Knight. Have they actually given me? Dane Whiteman. What happened? Have they released any images of him as Black Knight Yeah. No, this is all garbage. Oh, hang on. They've shown him in the trailer. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I haven't I haven't seen it, I don't think. Oh, not, not oh, in costume. costume. Sorry, just him standing there. Oh, okay. He's I've looking. Got all these cookie pop-ups, so I'll just close that window. I get the idea. Kit cookie. cookie, 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 me one cookie, 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 one cookie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna laugh at this. It's one. Okay. Right, we're gonna do two more, <laughs> but this next question just made me laugh. <laughs> Not least of which, what came underneath it? So it's Dave Kerr's again, Dave, Dave. And we'll hold the other ones, I think, Dave. our guest on, on Sunday when we record next. 
What are some ways for collectors to make money within the hobby other than flipping cards? Is there potential for Marvel cards Mm -hmm. to make a resurgence within brick-and-mortar stores, or is the future going to be even more internet-centered than it is today? And what made me laugh is he then followed it up with a quest with another comment. Matt Malachek messaged you with a trade question. <laughs> he replied, I love it. Brilliant. Um, I love it. To make money within it. the hobby other than flipping cards. Because um, there's kind of two parts to this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, uh, if, you're, a, if you're a dealer, then obviously you'll buy products and then sell it. There, there are kind of three. There are three types of people here. There's dealers, there's breakers, and there's flippers. Okay, so mm. dealers obviously deal, and some of them open the product, but most of them sell them, you know, boxed. Yeah, um, and there aren't that many sealed product as we've you know as we've you know talked about. Before. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough out there, and I don't. Un- I genuinely don't understand that mindset. From from upper deck with that, but I think it's all around safeguarding uh. that distribution for their hockey product, and Marvel just has to go along with it. I think I think that's where it comes from. Oh, that's that's a good one. Most of that's probably true. It's sports, and that's what makes them the really big dollars. I think. Yeah, so yeah, it's big bucks. Um, so there's that. Um, I think, mm. and then there's obviously breakers, and they're the people that take the risk. They open the product, and then they sell the individual cards. So, you know, that's fine. And then there's flippers, people who um, may try and buy stuff low and then sell it for higher. Um, and they, I don't, I personally don't tend to see them. I, I see them come and go in Marvel cards, but I don't see many people that. Marvel cards relate. is not easy to That's the thing. Flip. Yeah. I, the, the, yeah, because Marvel cards is not really. You have to understand flipping cards is not something that happens so easy with Marvel cards. It happens easier with sports because the audience is so wide Mm -hmm. and you have multiple buyers. Look, this hobby is extremely small. When flippers enter this hobby, it's painfully obvious and all of us see them immediately for what they are. And unless they are trying to hunt for something and they just happen to want to flip to get to another card, which is not flipping in my book. And, and I understand people will disagree with that. Kind of but for me, up if you're, if you're doing it, that's laddering. Yeah. Like you can't look for, I, and I don't speak for everybody, but I think most people tend to do what I do, which is I'll have fun opening a product, but if I get cards that are not PC, I sell them for what they're going for. Mm. I don't say, well, I bought this this box for $200. So mm. each card is going to be this amount that adds up to 200. I think that's ridiculous to expect anybody to do yeah. that. Um, and if you disagree with that, whatever. But I think that's crazy. I think what's nice is when fortune falls well on you, because it is gambling in some regards, It is. you can have a nice little moment and, and, you know, get something you like. And I think that brings enjoyment for, to people, Hmm. um, but flipping Marvel cards, the only reason you can't really get going with that in this hobby is because it's smaller and we all know each other very, very well. And we know what everybody has. Hmm. It's still very early for Marvel. So, um, in terms of like what Ian was saying, is there other ways to make money? If you mean make money by recuperating what you opened up in a box and moving up, that is 100% possible. I think the groups help with that. I think Instagram helps with that. Um, 
I think their eBay helps with that. So I think there is a way to get your money back out of a box or to trade up through buying and selling. Do it quickly. That is the best advice in the world. Mm -hmm. If a product comes out and you open physical product, find what you want fast, sell the rest. Yeah. You have, you have what, two, three weeks after EPAC and then it's over. Once everyone collects the achievements, yeah. once everyone collects the achievements off EPAC and there's nothing else people need from there, mm-hmm. it's just a decline. And it's not like cards hit rock bottom. The cards that are going to stay up, stay up. The cards that are easy to find and not hard numbered are going to go down naturally. But um, yeah, it's definitely something to think about for sure. If you're, if you're doing that kind of stuff, I think that's possible. But mm-hmm. in terms of making hobby, like, like making money, like real money, I think you have to be very well connected. You have to know what people want. And even then you, people will very much rather, I mean, there's someone right now trying to sell things who I was, I won't mention any names, but they were trying to sell something and I know they're a flipper and I would, I kind of want this card. And I spoke to a few people, I reminded myself how much I dislike what this person has done to other people in the hobby and, and the cruel nature that they did with particular cards. And guess what? I just, I'm not picking up that card and I'm willing to let it go. And I think that tends to happen a lot more in Marvel because we tend to all be, you know, very close to our collections and very close to each other because it is a very small hobby. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also quite happily, and I'll, I'll, I'll bleep this out as I normally do, but you, have you seen the 1977 invasion of the body snatchers? Yes. So at the end when Donald Sutherland's face goes <laughs> like that, that's not in Body Snatchers. Uh, yes, it is. It's in the um, it's in the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Donald Sutherland. Isn't that yeah. the one where he's a psychic and he's like having no. to be a detective and find no. his kid? No, you're thinking of um, you're thinking of uh, what is that? Uh, the red. Um, I'm messing you up. You're thinking of Don't Look Now. Don't Look Now. Yeah. Right. Sorry. But, Go ahead. But yes. No. So at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, when Donald Sutherland goes, <gasps> everyone in the hobby, when someone comes along who genuinely is, <laughs> everyone in the hobby goes. And everyone else just like <laughs> boiling water just goes just avoids. Yep. Very so, true. Yes. You'll spot them people and they're out there. Um anyway. Yeah. Um that's it, good. I like that. That needs to be a meme. That and you know who might be who needs to do that is Pan what's his name on Instagram. I talk to him oh, all Pancake the time. Pancake Analytics. Right? We've got to there get you go. We've got to get him. We got to get him on. He's got to make that. We just need to arrange it. Um, He'll come uh, on. He'll have a blast. He'll definitely come on. Um, Uh, He's great. If if you're not East Coast or West Coast, if you're somewhere in the middle, we tend to have trouble (laughs) because of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But, but, um, is there potential for Marvel cards to make a yeah that Donald Sutherland image will be actually on the on the episode visuals? It's going to be on the tile. I love it. Gonna That's going to be there. great. Um, um, is there a potential for Marvel cards to make a resurgence within brick and mortar stores, or is the future going to be internet centered than it is today? Well, let, let me let me um, let me say this: um, e-commerce is not going away anytime soon. Um, it is. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. It has been the new normal for some time. Uh, COVID has only just accelerated that massively. I mean, a lot of you know, things that I've read in in kind of. Um, industry press that I work in have said that in the space of about three months last year, digital um, advancement from many firms went uh, ahead five years because they simply had to adapt or die. So, you know, that is simply the reality of it. Um, 
is there a potential for Marvel cars to make a resurgence? Um, yes, I would say pending two things. First of all, Upper Deck's distribution model would have to completely change and they would have to be they would have to actually allow that to happen. So the biggest block to that happening is frankly them and their distribution model at the moment. Uh, the second thing is it will always be a niche thing simply because of the price of cards. You know, it will always be, um, it won't be, you know, every um, high street and every mall like it used to be back in the day in the 90s. Those days are over. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I often see people saying, oh, why can't we be like it was? Because that's that's, that's called the past. And, <laughs> and unfortunately, that's a, things don't say the same. Um, yeah. So, um, listen, you know, yeah. if it's a, if it's a hobby shop or a card store, because you guys are lucky enough to have those in the States, or a comic shop, and they're able to stock them, I think that would be a really, really, really good thing for the hobby. Unfortunately. I think it would be a great thing for the hobby. Yeah, and, and that is simply down to, you know, uh, the way that it's um, currently being distributed. Um, so, um, and that is a decision that, could be made but isn't being made for reasons we don't know yeah so yeah um true i think i'm spent on that question yeah i think that's a good one i think it i think it's good last question last question right robert maseraccio maseraccio yeah maseraccio come in Sit down. You want kebab? You want chili sauce? No problem. Um, kebab. <laughs> no idea where that went. Um, does it nope. make sense to get serial numbered cards graded? Hell yeah, son. <laughs> well, I would say, does it make sense to you? I mean, they're your cards. If you want to get them yeah. graded, get them graded. Um, is the first I mean, I think it depends. Let's get a card graded. Um, yeah, I think it depends. I think I think at one point, what ends up, I think getting a one of one graded is just for the aesthetic um, at one point, because it's not going to matter what the grade is. Getting something five out of five and 10 out of 10, you know, it depends on how difficult it is to find those cards. Because really, realistically, you know, if a card exists and there's only five of them, you're really only ever going to find three, maybe four tops. So getting one graded means you're comparing that graded one to the other raw three. And asking for a giant premium on the sell value, eh, I don't know if that's going to work out for you. I think something like um, out of 200, like 199, maybe if you want it, um, something out of 99 is possible. I think people are, the real real answer to that question is this, (laughs) there are people doing it and there's very few people who would consider paying a premium for those cards. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would actually say for me, the appeal with graded cards are the ones that aren't numbered that are ten a penny. That all that's what I agree on. Because you know? <laughs> that's what you're technically what you're doing when you grade a card that's not numbered. That's one out of like a thousand or two thousand or even more, maybe five thousand of those cards exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hundred thousand, maybe. Um, I think what you're doing by grading that card is you are actually technically giving it a hard number, right? And that's considered something that's called a pop count. Beckett, PSA, SGA, uh, HG, whatever it's called. I forget. SGC. SGC, right? Maybe it's SGC. Good. All good companies. You know, what they do is they're keeping a record of how many of those cars existed in what grade. Mm. And that's called a pop count population, population count. And that's really something that's, you know, did it make a lot of sense 
a year ago to a lot of people, you know, a lot of people did not see that as a real thing to do. And now it very much is. And the only reason for that is not because of resale value, which is a big part of it, but I think also it's because people are home, you know, they have a chance to look at all these cards and they kind of like, and some collectors are this way where they're like, you know, I want these cards, but I want them in really good condition. And I think sometimes it's a nightmare to ask anybody, Hey, do you think this is in good condition? And they're like, yeah, man, that's awesome. It's a great car and it's an excellent condition, man. And then you get the car and it's scratched up corners of dent and there's a coffee stain at the top. You know what I mean? It no drives me nuts. That's the only reason I would say that makes a lot of sense. But like with Ian, with what Ian said, I think the ones that are not numbered are actually the, the real smart ones to get graded. Um, But, you know, I mean, I think at one point everything, you know, my opinion is that everything will be graded at one point um, in Marvel because it will get bigger and the audience will get bigger and there'll be more product out there. So I think that's just the natural. It seems to be like the natural tendency of, 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 of collectibles for the future, you know, 20, 30 years from now, everything will be authenticated and certified by two, three major companies. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, for me, if it's an if it's a five of if it's out of five or if it's out of ten, that card's going to ha- hold its value whether it's graded or not. For sure. So yeah, because there's so few of them. I mean, look how long mm-hmm. it took you to find that surfer, and that was out of ten. Um, yeah. So like, and I, I yeah, I hate bringing this up because I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. But like, I graded my blue surfer and got a and got a nine. I told you I should right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you see that blue surfer PMG is out of 50 and they're a particularly hard card to grade anyway. So, you know, and I want to try it out. That was a real thing for me. I got yeah. really lucky. You know, I was like, I, oh, you know, I've never sent one in to be graded and I wanted to see if, what I wanted to really check my eye and understood if I knew how to check the condition of a card and be, you know, fairly accurate on what it, the assessment was of the grade, which luckily I was, so I, you know, mm-hmm. with the help of graded gamer and, you know, everyone in the hobby, mm-hmm. making sure I understand what I'm looking at there. But I did that for me, but that did increase the value of the blue. So that is something to say, cause that is a pop one. So that, that did increase the value of that particular card, but I haven't graded the green yet Interesting. because not that I won't, but it's just like, you know what I mean? At that point, you know what I mean? That it's really expensive. I mean, it's not expensive because like, obviously the value of that card will go up high enough to cover my cost. But again, it's a PC card. It's not going anywhere. Mm. So why would I grade it off the bat? Mm. Does that make sense? No, it makes yeah, sense. I, I would just, you know, yeah, that's what I would think about. Different reasons, different reasons. Yeah, and, and that's what it buys down to. It's like, why do you want to get the card graded? whether it's numbered yeah. or not numbered, what's your end game? Yeah. You know, if you're doing yeah. it to increase value, if you're doing it for PC, if you're doing it just for display, because, you know, I, I've i now got four PSA Black Cats. PSA is my my, my uh, poison nice. choice. Um, and you know what? Um, one of them's an eight. One of them's a nine, I think. One of them's a 10. I think might might be two eights in there. And you know what? I don't care. Because for me, it's having a copy of that card that's yep. got uh, instant instantly will display well yes and that's that's what, what I mean? I, that's what um, really grabs me yeah so, was the display feature and for I, me. I saw someone, that's a biggie i saw someone on group comment the other day it's like i can't remember what, how they phrased it so I'm, i might 
muff this, but I think they said something to the point of like, if it's come, you know, if it comes back um, sevens or eights, it's like, you know, who's going to buy that? It's like, well, I will. Yeah, people will. Like, you'd be surprised. Like, eventually, look, this happened with Pokemon, Mm. right? A lot of cards at one point that were nines and tens are impossible to get now. This happens with sports cards, you know what I mean? So getting a seven or an eight is all you can do. You know, I don't I don't think it's a waste. I can't remember which ones I've got now. Let me have a look in my little folder on my phone. Well, you have the MM95, the which MM95, is gorgeous. The MM95, that was my first one. Thank you, Amanda. That's uh, pretty. Z of Graded Gamer. Go and check her out on Instagram at Graded Gamer. Uh, the Rockstar. Graded Gamer, I believe. Um, and mm-hmm. she's, a, she's a, quite frankly... Uh, a legend. Um, legend. Legendary. Uh, so I recently picked up a 92 Masterpieces Black Cat. Just go. Uh, eight. Graded eight. I don't care. And Black Cat embossed uh, from the 2008 set. And that, that's a seven. But I think that's a particularly <sighs> tough one because of the fact this embossed. And very difficult. You know, Anything so. embossed is a nightmare. But you know what? I know it was, it was, it was um, cheap as chips. It's I love it. But see, that's awesome though, man. I love that. Like I would pick up surfers at those grades. I'm done. Like, unless if I didn't have it, like I wouldn't, like I picked up, I picked up a nine, uh, silver surfer flare. Mm. Um, the 94 flare. Oh, that looks great. Doesn't it look good graded? Wow. It just looks nice. It looks good. I like the way slabs feel. I know this is ridiculous. What they, what they describe houses, curb appeal. Yes. I like slapped cards. I like holding them. It's ridiculous. It's I'm not nice. pushing grading on anybody. No, really, it's please. Nice. Dude, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of money sometimes. And you know what? I'm not going to do it for now. Card. Oh, did you, I don't know if you saw it on my um, Instagram. I did. I loved it. Emily I and I saw it. I cracked that uh, out of it. Oh, uh, good for you, man. Why uh, are you going to have a sketch card in there? I know. Well, it, it also it's GMA, and I don't know who GMA are. I'm sure they're a perfectly fine company. But, you know, I'm I just want PSA personally just because i it was my first yeah. one um and i blame amanda because she was my gateway drug. that is her fault you a little 100 no i blame her too just get hooked on my good stuff it's her um, fault it all her this fault. is her fault i'm gonna be honest to be honest with you i think that's a good point to end it on amanda z has the blame stick but yeah. she like all of the rest of us will always carry on and enjoy collecting Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Car Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine marvel and enjoy collecting.